Thank you for listening to Evangelist Sam Kaminsky out of Resurrection Baptist Church in Calpen, South Carolina. Our pastor is Pastor Austin Wagner. And the desire of this podcast is to exalt the Lord Jesus Christ, to preach the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, and to exalt Him through the preaching of the King James Bible. Thank you for listening today. Please tune in next time. Matthew chapter 1. We're getting an introduction to Matthew this morning. Matthew chapter 1. I'll read the first verse and I'll go cut right to it this morning. Matthew chapter 1, verse number 1. The Bible says, this is the only verse we'll be dealing with today. The Bible says, The the book of the generation of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. I'm going to read you what I have written down here so I can stick to my notes and get through it. I would like us to begin an introduction into an exposition of the Gospel of Matthew. The first book in four Gospel accounts written of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ in His earthly ministry. This is the first book of the New Testament. But it is still in the Old Testament economy and way of life. There is commonly understood that between Malachi and Matthew... There is 400 years of silence from God. The gospel means good news. Amen. It is good news. It was good news especially because man had not heard from God in a long time. Just some facts about the writer of this gospel. He worked at the, talking about Matthew. He's the writer of the gospel of Matthew. That's pretty deep, right? Amen. (laughs) Matthew... In Matthew chapter 9, verse number 9, we see the, the place of Matthew and his call. Okay? Where God called Matthew. Okay? The Bible says in Matthew 9, 9, And as Jesus passed forth from thence, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the receipt of custom, and he saith unto him, Follow me. Jesus walks by. He sees this, he sees this man at the receipt of customs, and he tells Matthew... Follow me. By the way, that's still a good thing for us to do in 2022 is to follow Jesus Christ. Not Ryan. I didn't mean that to Ryan. It says, and he said to him, follow me. And he rose and followed him. Hey, when Jesus tells us to do something, let's get with it. Amen. So we see the place of Matthew at his call. Secondly, we see the position of Matthew. The Bible says in Matthew 10, verse 3, Philip and Bartholomew, I can say that. Thomas and Matthew, the publicans. It's Matthew, the publican. I had looked that up. Being on with, I, like, I didn't know what, what a publican was, okay? A publican is a collector of toll or tribute among the Romans. He was a publican, was a farmer of the taxes and public revenues, and the inferior office of this class were deemed oppressive. And so we see the position of Matthew. He was a publican. But notice, this this shows his position. Matthew 9, verse 10, the Bible says, And it came to pass, as Jesus sat at meat in the house, behold, notice, many publicans and sinners. Publicans and sinners. So, Matthew is lumped in with sinners. Amen. So we see his position. But I want to say that Jesus still called Matthew, even though he was a sinner. 
Amen. He said that song, Christ receiveth sinful men. I knew I was going to preach. Amen. I'm glad today that Christ still receives sinners. And by the way, we're all sinners, so Christ receives all men. Amen. Matthew was a sinner. Verse 13 implies that being a publican was a lowly thing. It was despised by the other Jewish leaders, like the scribes and Pharisees, but was received by Christ. Amen. I'm glad on April 12, 2009, as a 15-year-old religious church kid, I got under Holy Ghost conviction, shown my need of Christ, and that night I bowed my, my, I bowed my knee at an old-fashioned altar, and I placed my faith in Jesus Christ. And today, while I was on the way to church, I said, Lord, I still believe it today. Lord, you're still my hope. Lord, you're still my rest. I'm trusting the death of Christ. I'm trusting the, trust the burial of Christ. My hope's in the resurrection of Christ. I don't serve a dead Savior. I don't serve, I don't serve Buddha or Muhammad. We know this by just coming to preach the choir a little bit and tell you I don't serve a dead Savior. But He ever lived to make intercession for the saints. He's alive today. And therefore I have hope. Today is Resurrection Sunday. You say, I thought that was Easter. No, that's every Sunday. By the way, that's every day. Why? Because Christ got up. Because we, He got up, praise God. I'm going up, praise God. I've got a blessed hope, amen. This world's not my home. I'm just, I've got to calm down. I've got to put my voice out. Amen. Ah, <laughs> I'll no, be gone for a week, praise God. But let's here to tell you today. The position of Matthew was he was a sinner. By, by the way, today, let me, by way of introduction, have you ever found out you're a sinner? Just in case you ain't, say that's offensive. Oh well. I told somebody this, I got the witness to a coworker of mine at work. Uh, a couple of them this week, but I won't tell his names because it's being recorded, but uh, we was out by the battery changer. And uh, getting our, our, our reach truck batteries changed. And he was just talking to me about file stuff. I was listening to him, and he noticed I wasn't laughing. When he's talking to me about stuff. And he made this statement. He said, yeah, he said something about his wife being an atheist. He's laughing about it. And he said that I'm, I'm going to get my little boy baptized. He said, it's funny because I'm Roman Catholic and, and she's an atheist. He was laughing about it. And I could, I could understand the humor from a lost man's perspective. But I told him, I said, sir, I said, I, I, me and him had, had talked before. I, I gained a, a, a ability to speak to him a little rough. I said, sir, I, make a long story short, I preached against his Roman, Roman Catholicism. Good. And I told him, because Roman Catholicism, if you're trusting in, in the Pope, if you're trusting in Mary today or baptism, you're going to go to hell. That's right. You hear what I said? Yeah. If you're trusting in baptism, yeah. whether sprinkling or immersion, you're going to hell. I know that's not popular in 2022. Yeah. And I don't care if this is my last message here at, at Woodbridge. I'm going to tell you the truth. Amen. And I told him today, in, in, with the love of God, I told him, I said, I'll be doing you a disservice if I did not tell you that you're a sinner, that you have offended the thrice holy God. But, there, but while you're a sinner, we have a Savior. And Jesus Christ is His name. And He died for your sins. Amen. He was buried. They put Him in a tomb. But He got up. Mary can't help you, and the Pope can't help you, and catechism can't help you, and the Pope and, and, and uh, uh, good works can't help you, and baptism can't help you, but Jesus Christ can. Amen. Amen. He said he had been reading the tracks I've been laying in the restroom. I said, Praise God, stirred me up, praise God. Amen. 
So we got to get the gospel out. I was reading James Knox last night on, 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 on being a witness. Amen. It's our job to tell others to go out and proclaim the gospel. It's the work of the Holy Ghost that convicts men and reproves them of their need for Christ. Amen. But I would be, but I want to, to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ. And just like Matthew's position, he was a sinner. You're a sinner if you're not in your, if you're not saved this morning. Amen. Y'all doing all right? Oh, I know that went over like a lead balloon, but it don't matter to me. I mean, I came here to preach. Amen. And I know I'm introducing the gospel of Matthew, but the gospel is not good news unless you approach it with bad news. We see whew, the place of Matthew has called. My voice is only about 80%. I threw it out last Sunday while preaching. Sunday morning, Sunday night. Thank you. The place of Matthew. The position of Matthew. Notice the persecution of Matthew. The persecution of Matthew. I had to get this out of the Fox's Book of Martyrs. Okay? It records those who, who have been martyred for the cause of Christ. And I, I think it's an older edition. Of course, we could, we could have a new Fox's Book of Martyrs today. Because I don't know if you realize that but people still get persecuted for Christ. I know we know nothing about that in modern day America, but you go to places like Africa. I was there for two weeks. I heard, I heard they were still killing Christians over in South Sudan. Amen. They're still in civil war over there. There's places all, they're still killing Christians in China. They're still killing people all around the world who have placed their faith in Lord Jesus Christ. I think I'm just going to go with God. Amen. I don't see them persecuting a Muslim. Amen. I don't see them persecuting a Catholic. Amen. I don't see them, per- well, maybe a Catholic. For some reason, they lump them up with with us. I'm not. A, I'm not an evangelical this morning. Okay, I'm an independent, fundamental, premillennial, temperamental, King James only Baptist. Amen. Amen. But that's not what I'm trusting in. It. I'm trusting in Christ. Right. And because I'm trusting in Christ, and I read this King James Bible, I become all those things. Amen. Anyway, back to where we were. We see the persecution of Matthew. Fox's Book of Martyrs wrote, whose occupation, Matthew, whose occupation was that of a toll gatherer, was born at Nazareth. He wrote his gospel in Hebrew, which was afterwards translated into Greek by James the Less. The scene of his labors, of his labors was Parthia and Ethiopia, in which latter he suffered martyrdom, being slain with a halberd in the city of Nadaba in 60 AD. You say, hold up, I thought when I served God everything, sunshine and roses. No. You still, hold no. You're still going to go through things in this life. But the reality is, you ain't got to go through it by yourself. That's right. Amen. I'm reminded, and this verse is not for dying, it's for living. But it's just as much true living or dying as it is living. David said over there, he said, yea, I walk. Through the valley of the shadow of death. I'll fear no evil for thou art with me. Amen. That's talking about how the shepherd is with the sheep. I'm glad they are one of his sheep. Amen. I've heard his voice. I hear it in every line. Amen. Making his faithful saying mine. More about Jesus. I want to say today that Matthew suffered persecution. 
John 15, I'm not going to read all these verses for sake of time. I desire to finish my, my and I'm taking too long in my introduction. But I, let, me, let, me, let me read you one verse. 2 Timothy chapter 3. Drink more the, here. <laughs> the Bible says, verse 12. Yea, and all that, here, pay attention to this verse, this word. Yea, and all that will, will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. If you make a choice to live godly, there'll be somebody that hates your guts. Why? Jesus said, I come. He said, if I had not come, they had no cloak for their sin. You know, when light comes in, the Bible says we're to be the light of the world. Amen. Light exposes dirt and it expels darkness. Amen. And I want to tell you today that we are commanded to be a light. We're to hold forth the word of life. Amen. I hasten, but... As we look, as, as we understand now who Matthew is, we look at Matthew chapter 1, verse 1. And read the verse again. The book of the generation of Jesus Christ. Uh, the son of David, the son of Abraham. I, I believe that there's three, uh, there's three explanations in this verse in introducing to the gospel of Matthew. And I'm going to talk about those today. Notice that first phrase. The Bible says, the book... The book of the generation of Jesus Christ. I believe here, firstly, about the gospel of Matthew, we see the reason spoken. All right? The reason spoken. Hey, if you don't mind, you mind just coming over here? You're bumping into her when you back up, all right? Thank you. The Bible says, the book of the generation of Jesus Christ. Amen. Verse number one. We see the, word, the key word in generation is the word generate generate okay it implies life amen this is this is speaking of a genealogy okay Matthew 1 verse 2 or verse 1 all the way through verse 17 or verse 16 verse uh, 15 shows the genealogy of Lord Jesus Christ we'll preach about that next time amen but a genealogy amen is it, uh, the word generate means to beget, to procreate, to propagate, to produce a being. I thought that was just funny. To, it, just call it a child, but anyway. Uh, to produce a being similar to the parent. That's the way it's made 28. I thought that was funny. A child. Amen. That means to have a child. It's a family tree. Okay? So we see Jesus is royal. That's, a, that's San Francisco Matthew. I'll get on here in a minute if I can finish this today. Amen. Is the Gospel of Matthew is how Jesus Christ is the King of the Jews. He's a King, and the King has come. And so we see the reason spoken. I believe there's three reasons here, right in this. We see the honor of Jesus. The honor of Jesus. It says, the book. <laughs> Say, where do you see the honor of Jesus? Well, this book is about the life of of the earthly ministry of Jesus Christ. The word book literally means a scroll, a writing, probably on papyrus at that time. It speaks of honor that Jesus Christ commanded. And, and, and a biography is often written to show about the life of someone else from an outward perspective. Most of the time, most of the time, it's someone who has touched 
the lives of many. Amen. Say, why does someone write a biography about someone else? It's because their life has such an impact. Right. <laughs> amen. Thank you. say amen right there. Amen. amen. Uh, again, Brother Knox, last night, he was preaching to me on that book. And he said, a witness is someone who is called to the stand to testify. Amen. And so well, this book testifies of how Jesus Christ is the king. Why? Because Matthew experienced the touching hand of God. And I've come today, reason why I act like a wild Indian on most Sundays and most days, is because I've been touched by Lord Jesus Christ. Hey, my life has been affected. My life has been influenced by Jesus Christ and the gospel. And so we see the honor of Jesus Christ. I ain't got time to read the verses, but in Revelation 5, verse 11 through 14, we're in heaven and we're singing honor and glory. Jesus Christ is worthy. Amen. Amen. And so we see here today that we in this, it says the book, we see the honor of Jesus Christ. And that, if I end it right there, we can shout and run the church. Amen? Because the honor of Jesus Christ isn't affected by how you feel. Amen? I said, Lord, I don't feel saved this morning. Right. Amen? Hey, I always feel... Glory to God. I always feel saved. Amen. Amen. Say, what? I thought you walk on air. No, I do not. Amen. I, I rolled out of bed this morning. I, I was tired. I actually slept in a little. I got up at 7. I usually get up about 5 or 6 on Sundays. But it, it's right. I took some... I took some, uh, took some sleep medicine last night and made me groggy. Amen. I woke up. I said, oh, Lord, hit snooze a couple times. Amen. All right. Just being honest. Amen. I didn't feel saved. But I'm glad today that I could. That, that's why I said, Lord. I said, I don't feel it. But Lord, I faith it. Lord, I believe you. I'm not trusting anything else. I'm trusting you. Amen. And I'm glad today that Jesus Christ is worthy of all honor and glory and praise and The honor of Jesus. The honor. Secondly, it says Jesus. It says the book of the generation of Jesus. We see the humanity of Jesus. We see the humanity of Jesus. Jesus literally means Jehovah is our Savior. It's literally a rendition of Joshua or of Jehoshua. He links himself with an earthly common name. To show that he was a human. Matthew 121. And she shall bring forth a son. Thou shalt call his name Jesus. Here it is. For he shall save his people. He linked himself with humanity. Jesus Christ did not die for your dog. That's right. Sorry. That's why dogs don't go to heaven. Right. Amen. Maybe Droopy. We'll make it. Does that make you feel better? Okay. Their dog's name is Droopy. And she's always saying her dog's going to heaven. And Jerry's like, no, he's not. <laughs> but Jesus was a human. He was a man. 
But notice, we see humanity of Jesus. It says in the book of Generation, Jesus, but there's another word next to it. This is what separates him. Jesus Christ. We see the humanity of Jesus. We see the honor of Jesus, the book. The humanity of Jesus, Jesus. We see the heavenly reason of Jesus. Christ. Christ. What are you saying, preacher? The word Christ means the anointed Messiah. I think I bust a blood vessel in my finger just now. Whew, it hurts. Amen. It means the anointed Messiah. Hurt myself while preaching. That's for it shows the purpose of why Christ has come. He was God in the flesh, come born of a virgin to redeem you and I unto himself. I've I got a lot of verses, but the first mention of something being anointed, the first mention of something being anointed is in Genesis 28, verse 18 through 20. I'm not going to read those verses. But Jacob, the Bible says, he set up a stone there at Bethel. And he had a vision. He had a, he, uh, of the ladder. Amen. That ladder, amen. It, it, was, it was the angels descending and the, and the Son of Man up top. That's a picture of their earthly ministry. Anyway, I got to, that's another message. That's another type of Christ. I mean, but uh, anyway, the Bible says after he saw the vision that he poured oil on that rock. And the Bible says in Genesis 31, 13, Jesus, God said, I am the God of Bethel where thou anointest the pillar. Okay? Thou anointest the pillar. So the first mention of something being anointed is in the book of Genesis. Okay? It was something when you anoint something, it's set aside for a purpose. Alright? That anointing, okay, the Pentecostals have taken that verse and trying to say that it gives them some freedom to go at Retarded. Amen. Yeah, I said it. Amen. I'm sorry. That anointing is a picture over there in 1 John chapter 4, where it say, and, and all through 1 John, where it says the unction, the anointing. Okay, what that does is that means that you're sealed by the Holy Ghost of God. And that doesn't make a woman stand up and start tongue flapping. All right? That's another message. I'll let Brother Drew get up and preach on spiritual gifts over there in 1 Corinthians 12 through 14. All right? What that does, what the, the Holy Ghost, He seals us, but then He teaches us. He teaches the believer. That's another message. But what I'm saying is, so we've been set apart. We've been anointed by the Holy Ghost. If you're saved, set apart for a particular purpose. But Jesus Christ was the anointed Messiah. I, I ain't got time to go through all these verses. But we see in that first phrase, the book of the generation of Jesus Christ, the reason spoken. The reason spoken. I need, I need to hurry, okay? I'm just going to touch this one. Look at verse 1 again. It says, The book of the generation of Jesus Christ. Notice this. The son of David. Son of David. We see his royalty shown. His royalty shown. He's the son of David. Jesus Christ is linked with David because of the promise given unto David in 2 Samuel chapter 11. Or chapter 7. I'm not going to read those verses. But I have a lot of verses about how Jesus is connected with David. Why is that? It's because this shows the royal lineage of Jesus Christ. 
Jesus Christ is the King yes, of Kings. Yes. He's the King of oh, Glory. Uh, SM Locker. If I had thought about, if I could sign it, I'd sign it. Amen. But uh, I want to preach the Bible. Amen. But everything he's saying is true. But this is the gospel of the King of the Jews. How about Matthew? And so a Jewish gospel, notice that, a Jewish gospel. The Jewish good, good news is the kingdom of heaven is at hand. All right? The king is coming. That's Jesus. Now, obviously, between the two advents of Christ, there's the, there, there's the, there's the age of grace. It's all been grace. But Paul wrote over there in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 5, he said, For the dispensation of grace be given unto me. Okay, Paul, so we understand that's where we get the word disposition. It's just an age. It's a time where God is dispensing. And all I'm saying today is in the Gospel of Matthew, we see it's a Jewish gospel. Like if, for example, Matthew 10, we see the first Great Commission where Jesus sends out His disciples to the Jews. He said, go not to the lost sheep. Um, he said, go to, to the lost sheep of the house of Israel, but don't go to the Gentiles. But then you see, after Matthew 16, Jesus says, now go to the Gentiles. Okay? I'm just here to tell you today that we see that this is a Jewish gospel. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. The king is coming. That's Jesus Christ, the son of David, which the Jews never argued. They did not have a problem with him, with his lineage. They had a problem with him being Lord. Lastly, we see, look at, look at verse 1. The Bible says, the book of the generation of Jesus Christ, the son of David. Notice, the son of Abraham. The son of Abraham. Listen to Matthew one twenty one, And she shall bring forth the son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save, notice, his people. His people from their sins. Jesus Christ died for the world. If you ever, you never will, as long as Brother Drew or I are here, you will never ever hear a Calvinist in this pulpit. Never. Never. I'll go so far as to say it, you'll never hear a Calvinist in the pulpit at Resurrection Baptist Church. I mean, I makes a good Calvinist. I'm just messing. That's an inside joke. I'm sorry. Forgive me. I'll tell you after. But I'm just, let's tell you today Calvinism teaches another gospel. That's exactly. And that Christ did not die for all men, they died for the elect. Amen. You become elect when you get in Christ. Amen. God elected all men to be saved. You chose all men. And I'm just here to tell you today that Jesus Christ was a Jew. He was a Jew. God started the nation of Israel with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. This was necessary to fulfill the prophecies of God and the promises to Abraham. Genesis chapter 12, verse 1 through 3. All right, I'm almost done. Y'all bear with me. The Bible says, Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, unto the land that I will show thee. And I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee, and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee, and curse them that curse thee. Notice that this is the line. And in thee, God made Abraham, shall all families of the earth be blessed. God made a promise to Abraham, I'm going to bless the world because of you. Now, how can someone who has been dead for thousands of years affect all the families of the earth? 
Well, Galatians chapter 3, verse 6 through 6. I'm not going to read the verses because I, I, I'm almost done and we're, it's almost quitting time. But I'm just here to tell you today that in Galatians 3, God says, you know what? He's referring to not just seeds alive, but a singular seed. And the way that God is going to be a blessing through Abraham to all the families of earth is through Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ was son of David, but he was also the son of Abraham. He was, a, he was that seed. He was the singular seed. However, there in Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, when we get there in chapter 3, he, the, that's the same seed that it shall... In fact, let me just read the verse right here just to remind the devil what God told him in Genesis chapter 3, verse number 15. The Bible says... It says, and I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. That seed is Jesus Christ. That is referring to when, the, when Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins. Amen. Colossians chapter 1 and 2. Uh, I think Colossians 2. That he made a show openly of the, of the devil. Amen. He triumphed over him in it. What? In what? The cross. Amen. That's why we don't have Jesus Christ on the cross no more. He's not there. That's deep end. So where is he? He's here. He's there. He's seated. One day soon, he's coming here. And he's going to set up the throne of David here. Jesus. And he's going to rule and reign here for a thousand years. With a rod of iron. The first time he came, they crucified him. Second time, he'll be crucified there. I mean, I'll be a little rough there, but the Bible does say that, that, he, that he will crush the nations. Right. And, the whole, and, the, and that the Bible says that the blood will rise all the way to the horse's bridle. See, I don't like that. Well, that's judgment, friend. God's a God of mercy and God's God of love. He's also a God of judgment. That's right. He is the judge of all the earth and he will do right. Jesus Christ came to redeem the Jewish people. It let, I want to end with this verse. John chapter 1 verse 11. Brother Drew's quoted it many times. Verse 12. He came unto his own. That's the Jews. And his own received him not. The Jews rejected Christ. Verse 12. But as many as received him. Talking about Christ. To them gave he power to become the sons of God. Here it is. Even to them that believe. On his name, when you believe on Christ, you are given power to become the sons of God. But you must believe on Christ. What are you trusting in today? What are you resting your eternal security in today? Minds on Jesus Christ. Minds on the gospel. Though the Jews rejected Christ, as we will see in this gospel, Gentiles, you and me, are given an opportunity to receive Christ. Let's dive into... The Gospel of Matthew. And every time that I preach here, I'm going to try, until, unless the Holy Lord leads me in some other area, and I'm going to have Brother Drew preach as well, and some others preach, amen. We're just going to try to mind the Lord, amen. We're going to try, as, as, as long as the Lord lets us, try to go through the Gospel of Matthew, all right? And let's look at how Jesus Christ is the King, amen.